Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the day after the day after Sunday. This yep. is the uh, Easter version. Totally. The staff took a Sabbath yesterday. Which was much needed, at least for me. I can say that for sure. Yeah. yeah. What did you do on your Sabbath, friends? Did you do anything fun? Phil? Well, uh, I did a little bit of work, just some some uploading and editing and stuff like that, but nothing too crazy. And then did a lot of time sitting out on the front porch with the kids playing outside, front porch, front driveway. Um, and uh, Dexter came over with his kids and they just right. ran around and put a sprinkler on because they wanted to play in the water. And then they were like, it's so cold. And I was like, yeah, it's <laughs> still not that warm outside. But, right. <laughs> but we spent a lot of time outside. I got a little sunburn. Like it was nice. just nice to be outside. That's good. What'd yeah. you do, Rebecca? I, um, I was very, very physically exhausted. So I mostly just rested. And But we, we all uh, sat outside on our back porch. Um, Jeff was working and I was like reading and I wrote some postcards and then we nice. got our second doses last night. So, Ooh. hooray, hooray, fully back. <laughs> got a yeah. lot of that. And you're up and going this morning. That's a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to uh, ginger ale and ibuprofen. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. this episode sponsored by ginger ale and ibuprofen. <laughs> Praise God Mitchell, from whom all you? blessings flow. Yeah. So uh, I dug a hole in the front yard. Oh, what? we got a leaky sprinkler pipe, so I had to dig down Aww. deep and try to figure it out and uh, planted some stuff in the garden. And um, yeah, it was nice being outside all day. Such a beautiful it was day. Really pretty. It, was, it was a great day. Do you have a vegetable garden or a flower garden or both? I have a vegetable garden. Yeah. Hashtag Linton Landscapes, you know. That's right. Hashtag Linton. <laughs> oh, it's already over. Darn. This is in time. Hashtag finally made Easter it. Landscapes? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you, Dexter. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, so uh, welcome everyone. We saw some of you in person early on awesome. Sunday morning. It's amazing. Early on the first day of the week before the light had come. Um, yes. But it was great. We had sunrise at 7, even though it was cloudy. We couldn't see the sun. That's okay. Um, right. And then we had our main Easter worship. So we're just grateful. We're grateful for everybody who joined us, however you did, on your phone or in person or on your computer. Um Easter yeah. was such a relief to me. I don't know uh, about you all, but like like we've been saying, you know, just broken record. It feels like we've been in Lent for much longer than six weeks. And so I just felt a physical lift when we were able totally. to celebrate the resurrection. Totally. And there's just, you know, as well as we've done online worship and created digital community and we, you know, we'll keep doing that. We've learned so much and I'm really excited about what we'll offer, you know, over the next several months, but there's just no replacing seeing people, you know, eye to eye, face to face, even if our masks are, are yeah. up and properly right. worn, right? There's just, I don't know, I was telling uh, Dexter this, like on at the Easter egg hunt or pop-up, Easter pop-up that I, we had our family at on Saturday, you know, we just saw a lot of families there and it was just like, Oh wow! Like one, I have to remember how to like engage with people that I am, are part of the congregation, but also it's just there's just no replicating it and being able to be in the in the in each other's presence, physical presence on Easter sunrise. That service was just it was really good. It was good for my soul and and I think you know it was really good for the folks who were there. I agree. There's almost this weird reentry 
feeling of being back in spaces with people again. And sure. there's some atrophy to our social skills. Right? That's exactly like right. Social That's muscles. Exactly yes. right. Haven't had to do it. And, but there's also this like ton of grace that is offered mm-hmm. in the midst of it all. And, um, and so, yeah, it's kind of awkward. It's kind of fun. Um, <sighs> we're all feeling each other out, making sure that like, Hey, are we going to, take this still seriously, like, are you right. going to come up and try to hug me, right? But, like, the really great thing is that I think everyone, you know, really respects one another, and um, people are very willing to to follow the guidelines that we put to make it a safe, hospitable place for everyone, and it was just, yeah, it was lovely, and it's always cool to be outside when the sun's coming up, like, yeah. even though I hate the time, right? There's just something about that transition from dark to light that um that is beautiful and theologically poignant for us especially on easter yeah and it truly is right the it's the response to tenebrae it's the flip side of the coin of tenebrae as we journey mm-hmm. on good friday through this like extinguishing of candles mm-hmm. um that then it's just like that is slow and meticulous and like you don't notice it getting darker until right. wow like five of the seven are extinguished it's a lot darker right and then the reverse happens on you know at, at a sunrise any sunrise where you're like it doesn't happen all at once you just start to the birds start to sing and then you start to notice oh i can see a little bit better than i did like 10 minutes ago mm-hmm. and then right it's just very gradual yeah. um are you all introverts or extroverts or like kind of a balance i'm an extrovert for sure yeah. Yeah, I'm for sure an extrovert. I will say that I have in the last year I've come to really enjoy my personal time because I think even though you think like, oh, you've been so isolated, like, no, I actually really haven't had a lot of alone time in the last year because there sure. were kids home so often. So I came to really value. Actually, it made me more of a morning person, which I would never thought that I would be. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious because I I'm almost exactly 50/50 when I've taken no personality indicators, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so. Sundays before the pandemic, when we would have just a full morning of people, 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 I would be completely exhausted by the end of it. Um, And so I was just kind of gauging myself, like y'all said, there was, it was funny. It was like, we were kind of grinding our gears to get going a little bit on Sunday. We were like, whoa, there's a person over there. Do I talk to them? Yeah, I think I do talk to them. And uh, (laughs) so, but by the end of it, when we were singing, you know, we're singing, always we pray. I got them moving with some like hand motions and by the end of it, people were kind of loosened up a little bit. So. Totally. Yeah, it was great. It was and great. the awesome thing is, if you didn't join us for outdoor worship on Easter, we're doing it again. Would you Would you maybe say that's the good news? Well, <laughs> that's the good news for us this week oh, okay. in terms of worship. Uh, yeah, so 8.30, right? Yeah, 8.30. That's right. Yeah, it's coming this coming week and then probably through the spring until it gets too hot. Yeah. Until we're melting. So. <laughs> I'm melting. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, but if we want to transition into a little bit of um, like the, the main Easter liturgy, Mitchell, I thought your sermon was really neat. Um, I think that the gospel of Mark and Mark's account of the resurrection has always been like you said, a little bit of a letdown. It's like somebody was somebody was trying to write a cliffhanger and didn't do a good job. They were like, right. and this is the end. Everybody's afraid. Go home. Right. Um, <laughs> so You like, can see why people would have thought that there were just some lost pages there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, we need a second season of Mark. And, you know, and we 
we get that with Luke. We get a second season of Luke because Luke acts has so much continuation of the same characters and the same storyline. Yep. But we don't get that with Mark. And so I just thought that was funny. Like, yeah, it's kind of like they needed to drop a couple extra episodes because the season finale was really dissatisfying. <laughs> and it was dissatisfying like a show got canceled, right? I don't know if y'all have ever watched a show that gets canceled, like Deadwood got canceled. Yeah. I'm like, ah, that's like the worst. You know, yeah. like Game of Thrones ending was just bad, but at just least bad. there was an ending, right? Like Mark feels like there just wasn't even an ending. It was just, but I trust the scholars on this. Like it's pretty clear that that's how Mark intended for it to end. And, yep. you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. One being that like Mark does, uh, really Mark's a story about Jesus's passion and crucifixion and everything leading up to it is really just an extended prologue. And, uh, and so Mark doesn't really have a lot of time or interest in the resurrection because it is all about the cross. And then, um, so I think in some ways it is, as Easter people, it is rather unsatisfying when we look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cam, Cam said, Vincent will not watch Lost with me because he's already heard how terrible the ending is. Yeah, I. Uh, Jeff said the same thing. Jeff was like, yeah, first two seasons of Lost were good. And then you just get so used to these cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger. And even those get old. If that's all that there is, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's go ahead, Bill. Well, so you talked about storytelling, you know, in in your sermon, and it's a really hard thing to do, especially with a series like 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 TV series, right? Like some of my favorite shows, most of them have terrible endings, right? Like I think of Dexter, the the show Dexter. Sorry, you two, Dexter, back here. uh, Your ending is still yet to yet to be determined, but uh, like the show Dexter was so such a terrible ending, and I was so angry. And then Game of Thrones, I was so angry. Like it's just it's really hard to end something that's been so good, and I don't know. Like I, I love that in Luke we almost get like you know chapter two, like Luke's version of the gospel. We get Acts, and I'm so intrigued by Mark's like ambiguous ending and what that means for us as the reader. And maybe it's easier to do with the book, you know, like a a book has the opportunity to have such an interesting <laughs> Seinfeld also terrible. Yes, right. Like right. it's just a if you love something so much and it's such a compelling story, it's really hard to end it and end it well. Right. And typically we drag it out too long. The beautiful thing about Mark is he definitely doesn't drag anything out too long. You know, no. there's, there's none of that at all. Right. And, and we shouldn't look at his lack of, you know, the lack of fluff and, and Mark as a, um, as like not good writing because it really is good writing. Like Mark five might be one of the best written chapters in all of the gospels. Yeah. Um, but we also have to remember, right, these are oral stories that Mark's pulling together. And those folks that would have been reading Mark actually know how the story ends because they would have t- been told that before they're picking up or hearing the Gospel of Mark read to them, right? Mm-hmm. So there is some, like, reasons I think Mark leaves it so um, so unsatisfying is because ultimately – as we've talked about, Phil, like Mark, yeah. Mark's encouraging folks to be the ending of the story. Yeah, you are chapter exactly. two. Yep. Yeah, you are the second yep. season. That's right. Yep. And so, and does the, your story like essentially prove the resurrection to be true? Well, and I, I mean, I think this ties in too. Mark is frustrating, but also liberating because, as Mitchell, as you said, the people who should get it don't, and the people who shouldn't get it do. 
And so, and we're all a mixture of those two, right? Like sometimes we are as clueless as the disciples. Sometimes we are as astute as the demons that can identify Christ, but then do we really want to follow their lead? I don't think right, so. Totally. So, yeah, I think. So you're saying that I need to be more like a demon to better understand Christ? Right? right so, like, right. what kind of message is that, Mark? Come Not on, prescriptive. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, there is something to be said about those who are in, in the most need of of, of healing, uh, being able to see it when, it when it happens, right? Like, those that are closest to death are the ones that are, are desperate for resurrection. And so, yeah. you know, the... The story doesn't isn't helped anybody. Jesus also playing into this. Don't tell anyone what I'm doing, right? So there's this yeah, element sure. of messianic secret. It just felt like I'd already done so much like kind of mark work that I didn't I want can, to even go down that route. But I mean, right. truth is, Jesus doesn't help himself out here. He's constantly going around telling people, don't 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 tell anyone that I'm the Messiah, right? So it adds to the disciples' confusion. I bet considering that the person that's following is constantly telling them, don't tell anyone. But no, I mean, it's just, it is funny. Like the Roman soldier who recognizes who Christ is after he dies, right? Mm -hmm. Who is he going to go tell? Oh, <laughs> I, uh, I made a horrible mistake. I crucified God. Like right. he's not going to go admit that to anyone, nor is he going to go tell his superiors like, Hey, we killed God over here because hey, I like, think we screwed up on this one. Yeah. We might've got that one. Heart, you know, like, mm. yeah. Yeah. So, um, right. I forgot what I was going to say. It was going to be good though. So if it comes back, I'll say it. <laughs> it's just uh, nice to be out of Mark. Honestly, we've been in Mark for so long, <laughs> right? Next yeah. week we well, turn and, our attention to John and John is like, right. If yeah. you haven't got enough, Mark, you can join us for Sunday school at 9.30 on Sunday mornings it's via Zoom. Oh, we are still, still in Mark. Still Mark. Good. Chapter 13, I think. So yep. much. So mm. much, Mark. Um, yeah, so the next series we're going to be in is going to be centered in John, which is just, I mean, the writing style, even without the storytelling, is so much more flourishing and poetic in John. Yeah. It'll be a really interesting shift to, like, dive into those stories. Um mm. And, and we don't know if they actually literally happened, but that doesn't make them like more or less impactful when we hear them of these like or more beautiful, or less true. Yeah, that's right. yeah, right. These luscious stories of Jesus on the beach cooking fish, like the miraculous catch of fish and um, his first interaction with Peter after Peter denies him and stuff like that. It's just, there's a lot of richness. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, definitely. John is um, written a lot later, right? For a very specific yeah. audience and yep. Um, yeah. theologically very precise and it'll be fun to be in that. Um, and I thought, you know, like this was a really good Easter for us. So, because even though with an unsatisfying ending, like the truth is like, we're still living in fairly unsatisfying times. Like even while there is hope, right. Even while there is a, an empty tomb, we still look around and, you know, I heard today there's still a thousand people a day dying of COVID and, we're still in these kind of like weird places of of lockdowns or not lockdowns, depending on what state you're a part of and what baseball team you cheer for. But um, but I think like in some ways, Mark was really good steward for us, like ushering us through this year um, and through this Lenten season because um, because it is messy and it feels 
unresolved. And I think like, that's the truth. Easter, some years Easter feels like, oh yeah, it all clicks and like, feels like we've, we've turned a page. Mark's more like, and here's the ending. And we're still kind of fiddling around in the dark, fearful and, um, you know, and scared and, and, and amazed at the same time, right? I, we didn't spend a lot of time there, but the women are like also like in awe of right. what is happening. And I don't know if you've ever felt that, but Jake and I were talking about the roof because we have this like thing going on with our bell tower and Jake was up there. And, you know, like heights are kind of that way for me. Like if I get too close to the edge, like I start getting like kind of dizzy. It's almost like it's so awe-inspiring to be like that elevated that it like, makes me fearful and I need to step back. And so I think, you know, there's something to be said about how we, how the Easter story was told to us this year through Mark that, that plays really well with um, where we're at as individuals and as a community. So I was going to write a blog about this and I just didn't get around to it because that's the story of my life right now. But um, my, a, a friend of mine that I went to Ireland with a few years back in 2015 wrote a book recently called How Not to Be Afraid, Seven Ways to Live When Everything Seems Terrifying. And I thought like it'd be a perfect follow up to this this sermon and like mm -hmm. this how we ended on Easter. Um, instead, I thought I would at least share. He has like a, a little video that he did recently um, that we'll post in the um, on the chat here and I can put in the link on the, the podcast, but, uh, that kind of just, it, he reads a part of the book and it's, and it's that, right. It's like, how do we, how do we live in the midst of such fear and terrifying times? And, um, he's just a brilliant writer and, and does, he does really incredible things with storytelling. So, mm. um, anyway, I just throw that out there as just a, I didn't get in the blog, but here you have it and at least access to it. And it's a really good piece to, to sit with following, like maybe as your, what is it when it's it's an in between two chapters? What are those called? Um, you know, like where there's like the intro to the next chapter, but it's not quite the next chapter yet. Whatever, whatever that's called. That's what it can act as. Metaphor <laughs> lost, but you get the idea. <laughs> I am curious, Rebecca. Like, can is the tomb empty if Christ the Lord is risen today is not sung? <laughs> I I like is it Easter if we don't right. sing that? Yeah, I was I was informed on Sunday that it is not Easter if we don't sing that um, sing that hymn, which was interesting that's because that's a really wordy hymn, um, and for for a worship service like Sunrise without printed bulletins, what I ended up doing was invite people to just sing on the Alleluia's and let me handle the text so that they weren't like just you know facing their phone trying to read microscopic words. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean we we definitely sang we sang that in the main service and then we also sang one of my absolute favorite texts um which is called christ has risen it's to, also to one of my absolute favorite tunes it's the holy manna tune um because it invites us into this i mean i i think in a way that that middle hymn that we sang christ has risen is the it's the gospel of mark version of a hymn because it mm -hmm. talks about like christ has risen for disciples huddle in an upstairs room Christ will not be silenced by the tomb. Like Christ has risen for people who are uh, like people who are messed and mangled, people who find religion strange. And I was like, ooh, that's me. That is all me, right? Like Christ has risen for the people who don't get it. Um, and so I just think that, that that hymn spoke so much to it. And, you know, even even in the midst of our Easter worship service, right? We have our imperfections. We have our like human humanness 
where we put up like the the wrong clip of the hymn and then we had to circle back to it. But I wanted to just say, you know, if this podcast is kind of a behind the scenes look, um, that the reason we pre-recorded those first two hymns was so that we could get more creative, right? Like we oh. could see the organ pipes and a lot of people said, Oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful shot. That's so my stepdaughter said, wow, that's really cinematic Dex. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was, it was like this tilted shot up towards right. the, the organ pipes. Um, and it was really neat to be able to do that. And so working, uh, working with Lynn, our organist, such a sweet, sweet woman. She had the, she worked at White Rock, what, for 38 years, something like that, and then time. retired, but very willingly comes back and plays organ when I ask. So yes. it was organ and Farron on piano and Camden on trumpet, um, which Camden has played for us for Easter for the last five years. So it's it's like he's kind of an adopted member of our worship team. Um, so it was really neat. I mean, it was neat to be able to like hear those those new colors in the music that we don't hear that often. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, the, the pre-recorded stuff, I, you know, it's, it's been blended so well. Um, it gives us an opportunity to see one another too. Right. Because if we were just live, we would still have these like restrictions on who could be in this space or, you know, well, how many how many folks can be on camera or we have microphone issues right i mean there's all these behind the scenes stuff right that we're 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 not using the same mics we're not using the same stands we're we're really trying to be as careful as possible and and so like this is one way that we get to see the breadth of our community and the gifts that are exist within our community and so i will trade hiccups and uh you know mistakes all day long for that opportunity and it because that's also who we are right like we're not always going to be the smoothest in our transitions we're not always going to be perfect in pronouncing our words we're not out because the community is is always involved and like give me that every day any day of the week over over perfection in our production doesn't mean we shouldn't yeah. strive for excellence but it doesn't does mean that we you know perfection is not what makes worship um, meaningful. Yeah. I, right. I mean, I have worked with communities, not always just churches. I've worked like, I've worked on big events where the standard of perfection was so high that it was harmful to the community, right? Like mm -hmm. I worked in an environment where children were not allowed to read scripture and worship because they would make mistakes. Right. And what, you know, what a missed opportunity right? Because even adults make mistakes. Like we, we all make flubs when we're reading. And so to, to restrict who's allowed to engage with that portion of the word of God, right? We say for the word of God in scripture, that's not the only way we, we view the word of God, but to restrict who can do that because we're afraid of somebody making a mistake, I think is such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say it's, it's harder to hold. It's harder to hold the worship that we we strive after uh, together than just like demanding perfection. I'd actually say yeah. that what's more challenging is the work that we're doing um, because it re involves other people. And uh, Joshua, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, this is my, I can't take any credit for it. This is my, um, it's my AmeriCorps shirt. It's written on the back, I guess. If you're uh, listening on the podcast, City Square, City Joshua Square AmeriCorps shirt. Get things done. 
uh, we are we're all about uh, getting things done, and uh, yeah. we got Easter done. God got Easter done. Well, yeah, we got <laughs> we got Easter worship done. How about that? How about um, that? It's a combination. If you listen to my sermon, we, regardless of our faithfulness or, or lack of faith, right? It's really God's work. Like God, God's going to write that second uh, season to Mark and, uh, and, and hopefully <laughs> we just get to, to be some, um, be protagonist rather than antagonist. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm going to reclaim this metaphor. I'm going to get back into it. I'm so, I'm so curious what the thing is between chapters. No, there's a title for it. I can't think of what it is. Anyway, Blake, help back. us out. <laughs> yeah, right? Where's, where's Blake? We need him. Blake yeah. knows. Blake. Hashtag Blake Kimsey knows. We should use that. It's trending somewhere, I'm sure. Is it right? <laughs> um, anything else that comes forward for you all from the worship service on Sunday? I just loved it. It was really. Um, it was really a great day, and I'm I'm grateful to the staff and the community for for all kind of binding together and making it happen. And I, um, yeah, what a beautiful day it was for for our church and for our community. And um, and we get to, as you said, Rebecca, like there is this kind of like bounce now that mm-hmm. you know if we've been real attentive to the season, um, you know, there is this. There was this weight that Lent created, and we kind of get to move into this new life that um, hopefully kind of reverberates throughout um, the next several weeks in worship. And and then we get Pentecost, which is so fun. And I, I'm looking forward to, to the spring and summer uh, worship series that we've got planned. It's gonna be great. Well, thanks everybody for watching and listening we appreciate you we enjoy engaging with you and um keep your eyes open because we will have signups coming up to reserve your pod for this coming sunday yep. um we're, we're not going to do it at 7 a.m i'm sure our neighbors right around the church are super glad about that um we'll do we'll do Thanks it holy, holy week's lit on old gate lane Let's just right. say, that. like, is. there's a lot going on during Holy Week with St. Bernard's next door. Like, woo, yeah, we yeah. keep we keep it busy around here. Yeah, yes, those the folks that live on San Saba get like a twenty four seven show of some some sort or other, you know. Um, but yeah, so thanks thanks everybody for joining us and stay tuned because hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll have a new intro for this podcast. Hell, <laughs> an outro, hopefully. Teaser. Yeah. Awesome. Y'all have a great week.